The following audio is from the Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit our website at grove.church. Well, hello, Grove Church. Good to see you. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at the Grove. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to be there. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. If you don't own a Bible, there's also one uh, in the seat in front of you. So good to be back at the Grove. I've been gone the past couple Sundays. Uh, I did an awesome wedding over in the San Juan Islands last weekend, and then I was speaking at a guys weekend in Lewiston, Idaho, and so it's always good to be back here and uh, with you all. And what about this weather, man? I'm loving this weather. It's amazing. Uh, I'm originally actually from California, and so the sun is still deep inside of me, and so I love when it comes out. So hopefully you're enjoying um, this season. We are continuing and actually finishing this series, um, You've Got a Friend in Me. I've been talking about friendship, biblical friendship, about having friends, the importance of having um, godly relationships and people in our lives. And so today is going to be the final of this series. We'll move into another series um, next week. Before we do that, I got another horrible um, father story for you. Um, I'm a pretty horrible uh, dad. And so um, what's cool, the good thing is my daughter just turned two on Friday. And so now I got a a two-year-old. She's awesome and uh, really just, you know, taking over my world. Uh, I got her this kitchen, one of these amazing, awesome, horrific kitchens that take like 10 hours to put together. And so I got that thing done. She's loving it. Uh, Yesterday morning, she says, I like kitchen. Thank you, Daddy. So, I mean, man, you just can't, you just can't beat it. It's just the best. And uh, she's going to live with me forever and uh, grow old together. So it's pretty exciting. Um, But we went to a soccer game uh, a couple weeks ago for my niece. And I'm pretty into sports, so I was, you know, into the game, and I'm like, you know, come on, Jersey, you got this, let's go. And my daughter was standing on those camping chairs that, you know, you open up and you push down on the seat and it kind of snaps in place. Well, they're a little top-heavy, so she was standing on this, um, this camping chair. I'm like, okay, be careful, sweetie. Okay, Daddy. So, you know, be careful. And so she's standing there. Well, they're about to score, so I was like, come on, come on. And I look over, and she had tipped back and had fallen on her head, you know, backwards. And so the worst part about it, though, is like, come on, Jersey, come on. And I look, and I see her crying and upset, and I'm like, come on, Jersey, you got this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my word, that's my kid. And so I picked her up, and so it was, it was an amazing dad moment. It really was. Um, the question becomes, like, you know, where was Amanda? Where was your wife? Well, she was not there, so that's why that happened. So I... I got home, and I'm like, babe, you know, Lydia got hurt again. She's like, again? You know, she's like, shocker, you know, so um, I don't know what it is about dad wanting to hurt their kids, but that is me, so, but today as we, uh, you know, wrap up this uh, series of You've Got a Friend in Me, um, I want to open up with, with sharing a little bit about just my story briefly, but I, I grew up in this church, um, been a part of this church for a really long time, and Nick, our lead pastor, he's on sabbatical right now, um, enjoying time with his family actually in Missouri, and so you could pray for him, he'll be gone for the next you know, four or five more weeks and comes back in August. But um, he was my youth pastor, and we would have services uh, just like Remedy does on, on, on Wednesday nights, and we'd have services and different gatherings on Sunday as well. And we would do sermon series, you know, a lot like this. Um, And one of the series that he did that I'll I'll never forget was a series called The Little Foxes. 
and I don't remember every series, but this one series I remember in particular, um, but it was called The Little Foxes, and it was out of a verse out of Song of Solomon. I want to read that to you. It says in Song of Solomon 2.15, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. And in this series, Nick dealt with different little things in our lives, little foxes, little areas, little sins, little things that we think are sometimes are necessary to have in our life. But what ends up happening is that if we don't deal with these little things, they end up ruining the entire vineyard of marriages, of friendships, of churches, of relationships. And so today, as we finish the series, I want to deal with one of these little foxes, and that is in the area of gossip about talking bad behind someone else's back. To gossip about another person. This is one of the foxes that has and is still ruining relationships. I've seen it happen more in the church than outside of the church. So just by a raise of your hand, how many of you, you have ever been gossiped about? Go ahead and raise your hand. That's an easier one, right? If I was like, how many of you are gossips? You'd be like, you know, okay. Yeah, most of us here have been gossiped about. And the, the, uh, the really sad reality of gossip, of when someone says something negative about you behind your back, is it can be a very, very painful thing. In fact, it can not only have damaging uh, consequences for you in the moment, it can have damaging consequences for your character for the rest of your entire life based on what people had said about you that was very, very hurtful. And so what is gossip? I've heard it defined in a, in a variety of different ways, but what is it? I've heard it said that it's a negative spirit that is more bent on hurting than helping. I've heard it said that it's an excessive interest in the affairs of others. It's not really our business, but we enjoy meddling in their affairs. The Apostle Paul, in one of his letters, calls them busybodies. John Piper had a more eloquent way of describing, he said, derogatory information about someone that you have that is shared with others in a tone of confidentiality that is not motivated by doing good to them and that you are enjoying in a way that shows your heart is not humble. The best definition I could find in my study is by Rick Warren, who's a pastor down in Southern California, when we are talking about a situation, he writes, with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Let me read it to you one more time. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. See, the thing about this little fox of gossip is that it's not one that we really talk about in church that often. In fact, it tends to be more of a little kind of a sin. And really, sometimes in church world and in sermons, we like to poke at the bigger sins, thinking that somehow sin has a, you know, an equalizer of sort, and there's some that are more bigger than others. And so we don't have any problem you know, dealing with pornography or lust or adultery or dealing with anger. But I'm here to tell you today that this little fox of gossip has the potential of ruining and devastating people's lives just by the very things that we say behind their back. So how does God view gossip? This is why I wanted you to turn to Proverbs 6, 
verses 16 and 19. It says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. And let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, I know all of us here are wanting to become more and more like Jesus Christ. It's our heart today that your word would speak to every heart, and we thank you for it in your good name. Amen. Proverbs says that there are 16, six things the Lord hates, and one of them is that a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Did you know that God hates gossip? God hates it. It's detestable to him. And if it's something that he hates and has such a passion against, it should also be something that we too hate. In fact, in Proverbs 18.8, it says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. See, that's the amazing thing about gossip is what happens when we speak ill of someone or someone speaks ill about us, it has the potential to go very deep into our soul and leave lasting ramifications. The other part of this conversation is, you know, why? Why do we participate in gossip? Why do we say things behind others' backs? I think there's probably a, more reasons than this, but here's just a few of them for you. I think sometimes it makes us feel important. The more we talk bad about someone else, the more it makes us feel better about ourselves. I think for some, they just enjoying hearing the dirt of others. And I'm sure you've met someone like this. I call them capitalized D, drama. They just enjoy hearing the dirt of others and like gathering information about people. For some, they enjoy others looking bad, wanting people to, to look bad and so they like knowing and sharing information. For some, it's more inward, maybe dissatisfied with your own life, insecure about things that you're facing, insecure about who you are, and so therefore, talking about someone else somehow puffs you up and makes you feel better about your life. No matter the reason as to maybe why we participate in gossip, here's the reality. Gossip is never redemptive. It never is a good reason to gossip. There is never a good reason to say something ill about somebody. There is never a good reason to share negative information about a person. In fact, it actually is never redemptive, and it never does any good to speak ill of someone. And so today, as we're talking about this idea of gossip, I want to give you some practical ways of overcoming this little fox. Because I believe it can wreak havoc on the vineyard of friendships, of relationships, of family gatherings, of churches, if we don't kill this little fox in the vineyard of our lives. So when it comes to overcoming this sin of gossip, first thing you want to ask yourself is this. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? These next few points I'm making are from Craig Rochelle, great pastor in Oklahoma. He kind of says things in ways that I think are really helpful, so this is why I'm sharing these with you. But is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Is my conversations with others building them up? Proverbs 16, 27 through 28. 
Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates the best of friends. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? The sad reality about this is sometimes within Christian circles, in prayer gatherings, in life groups, in barbecues, or just social events, sometimes we can even wrap prayer requests, wrap prayer for someone into gossiping. And how does this happen? Well, because our hearts deceive ourselves. And so it could go something like this, you know, the leader or the friend saying, hey guys, I just want to kind of end our time together in prayer. You know, who, do, who, you know, who needs prayer, you know, tonight? What, what, what do we need to pray for? And you could have someone say something like this, for example. You know, pray for my sister so-and-so. She'd been staying out late with her boyfriend. And I drove by there at 10 p.m. Uh-huh, you guessed it, her car was still at his place. And I drove by there again at 1 a.m. And uh-huh. Her car was still at his place. Mm -hmm. So I woke up in the middle of the night, and I drove by there again. And you know, you know what? They are shacking up. They, and you know what they're doing. You know what they're doing, sister. So we need to pray for my friend so-and-so. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? In that example, you do have to end the conversation with, and bless her heart, bless her heart. But is it helpful or is it hurtful? Just one of many examples. Is what I'm saying building others up? Or is there unwholesome talk coming out of my mouth? The other way this gets played out is like this. Well, if the story's true, then it's, it's go ahead, it's fair game, because the story's true. Right? Like the sister is shacking up with her boyfriend, so the story's true. So I can go ahead and talk about it. Okay, the Bible says nothing about whether or not something is true, therefore you can share that with others. The Bible does say we should be honest, people of integrity, that we should not lie, right? We should be truthful in our words. So it's kind of said like this. Everything you say must be true, but everything that is true does not need to be said. Everything you say must be true, but everything that is true must not need to be said. My point is, is that there are times in life when things are shared with you, when things that may be true, they may be trash, they may be negative, they may be, you know, distasteful, they may be not according to your ethics or morals or values, but that doesn't mean that just because it's true, it gives you a right to share that information. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, is this conversation I'm having with this individual helpful or is it hurtful? Are you with me today? Number two, am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs 11, 12 through 13. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes, in, or goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Is and am I making private matters public? You know, we live in a day and age today with social media 
That is absolutely unreal to try to make things private. In fact, we feel like whenever something negative happens or something that we don't like about a person, a company, a situation, a teacher, a boss, that we have every right to go on our social media platform and post all the negative things about something that happened to us at our workplace. You know, sometimes things that are made to be private need to stay private. Shocker! There is actually a separation between your public life and your private family life. And there are times in our lives where things that happen in our families and in our relationships don't need to be shared with anybody. In fact, you know what's sad? That a lot of times as a pastor, when I'm dealing with a couple, let's say there was some type of betrayal in the marriage. I'll let your mind, you know, wonder what that could be. But some type of betrayal in the marriage, and yet the couple wants to wants restoration, they want healing, they want redemption, but they've shared what's gone on to others about that betrayal. And because of what others have said about them and their marriage, that the marriage ended up dissolving. And when you look back on it, you realize, you know what? It wasn't the betrayal that ended that marriage. It was what people said about them, whether good, bad, or negative, that made that person feel like they couldn't work things out anymore. Wouldn't forgive it, kept bringing it up, kept on hearing people talk about it. Am I making private matters public? And how do I use my social media? What am I saying online? What am I saying to others so that everybody can hear and see? Because sometimes it's better to leave private matters private. Now, if I haven't stepped on your toes yet, I'm about to, okay? So don't think you're getting out scot-free. The last one here. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? See, it's one thing if you're the one making hurtful remarks or you're the one making private matters public it's a whole different thing if you're like you know you're not the one saying anything but you're doing this <laughs> you know am i permitting others to gossip proverbs 17 4 wrongdoers eagerly, eagerly listen to gossip liars pay close attention to slander here's the thing It's not just wrong to gossip, it's wrong to listen to gossip. And what you promote, you what you permit, you promote, and if you are listening to it, you are promoting it. What you permit, you promote, and if you are listening to it, you are promoting it. Don't think that you get out scot-free just because someone else is sharing it to you, and you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's real hard, oh I'm so sorry, oh bless her heart. What you permit, you also promote. And so if you want to stand there and act sheepish and go, yeah, that, oh, man, I'll pray, yeah, oh. And all you're doing is gathering information and hearing something ill of someone. I'm telling you, you're just as bad as the person talking. You're just as bad as the person talking if you permit them to say it to you. Because if you're permitting them to do it, you're more likely promoting them to go and hear all the dirt about so-and-so, about what they did or how this happened, or on and on and on and on and on. 
and it's damaging. It's destructive. This fox can ruin and has ruined the best of friends and the closest marriages and families and cousins and brothers and sisters. Why? Because we permitted things to be done that should have never been done in that relationship. What you permit, you promote. And if you're listening to it, you are promoting it. And if they're going to gossip to you, they will gossip about you, right? If they're going to gossip to you about something, they're more than likely talking about you to someone else. And so for, for a lot of us, what we need to do is we need to draw a line in the sand, don't we? We need to draw a line in the sand and go, okay, am I permitting others to gossip? And if I am, I'm no longer after today. I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm no longer going to permit others to gossip about to me, about me, or about anyone else. Therefore, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and here's, here's a few different ways to deal with this. If you want to draw a line in the sand, you want to stop a conversation of gossiping, I'm going to give you four ways. The first few ways are more of like the gentle approach, okay? They're the more of like the fuzzy duzzies, okay? Like all, right, all the warm and nice thing, okay? Another way of saying this is, is like the sheepish way to stop a conversation of gossiping. But for a lot of us, we don't like conflict, so you're opposite of me, okay? And so you would like this preference. Someone's gossiping to you. You've been permitting it, but you want to stop it. You can do it like this. You know... I'm not, I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. You see that? It's real just like subtle, okay? It's like, wow. So that's one way of doing it. You just, I'm not, this is making me uncomfortable, okay? So that, that could be one way, all right? Maybe you actually care about the person, unlike me. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Maybe you actually care about the person, so you say, you take it up a notch. You say, you know, it, if so-and-so knew we were talking about them, I, I think they'd be really hurt. Th therefore, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. See what I, see what I did there? I brought, <laughs> I brought them together. See that? All right. Now, if you want to go... If you want to go all up on them like the prophet Ezekiel, okay, and you just want to like, just, mm, right, you want to get all Bible on them, you can say something like this. If you have a problem, maybe you should go directly to them. See that? It's like, oh, that's kind of cold, right? Like the, like the prophets in the Old Testament, very cold, okay? But man, you just throw Matthew 18 all over them, all right? So that's a way of dealing with it. If you're me and you want to be direct, you want to really draw a line in that sand? You keep it like this. If you keep talking about others, I'm not hanging out with you anymore. Yikes, that's really mean. But it's the truth. Because if you're permitting it, you're promoting it. If you're allowing it, then you're saying that you're okay with doing it. So again, subtle. Hey, I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. Caring. Hey, if they knew we were talking about them, I think they'd be really hurt. A little bit biblical a little bit direct. If you have a problem, you know, maybe you should go directly to that person. Direct. Honestly, if you keep talking about others, I'm not hanging out with you anymore because I'm drawing a line in the sand. I've seen what gossip has done to me. 
I've seen what it's done to others, and I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm no longer going to speak ill of others. I'm no longer going to bring people down with my words, and I'm no longer going to tolerate others doing it to me about someone else. Because if you're permitting it, you're promoting it. Am I permitting others to gossip? You say, why? why? Why so passionate? Why such a big deal? Why? Why is this little fox such a major issue? Because your words matter, folks. Your words matter. Your words matter. It is not sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's such a lie. Words are damaging. Words are destructive. Words can bring people down and break a person down. You see, our words have the power of life and death. And I want to be caught saying things that are helpful and not hurtful. I want to be caught saying things that are uplifting and inspiring. I want to be caught with words full of seasoned salt. I want to be caught with my words building others up. I want to be caught with giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I want to be caught assuming the best in people. That's what I want to be about. And I want to be the last to know things. And when I hear things, I want to get on my knees and pray for those things in my own private way. Because our words matter. And why do they matter so much? Because we serve a God who speaks. We serve a God who spoke creation and existence. God who spoke life and hope. Is that not what Christianity is? The good news of Jesus Christ? That we would speak hope and life and encouragement to people and build people up with our words rather than tearing them down? Is that not what the good news is? That we would share with others God's redemption and his grace and his mercy and he loves you right where you're at today. That he died on the cross in your sinful state today. Is that not the good news? Isn't that the kind of relationships we want to have? The kind of friends that we want to have? Aren't those the people that we look for in a relationship for a future marriage? One that would encourage us? One that would see the best in us? One that would give us the benefit of the doubt? Is that not what we all want? So don't fall prey to this little fox that's ruining people's lives. If you don't like your boss, pray for him. Pray for her. If you don't like your neighbor, pray for them and maybe go serve them, interact with your neighbor. If you don't like a family member, pray for them because it's doing no good to talk about them. It's not, it's not rewarding. It's not redemptive. And when it's all said and done, you walk away feeling pretty sick inside that you were the one doing that. And so today, with every eye open and every head up, if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I deal with this fox in my life. This is an area in my life that I need God's redemption. I need his work. I need to overcome this fox, this sin of gossip. I no longer want to fall prey to speaking ill of others. And I no longer want to permit others to do it to me. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand right now. Say, that's you. If there's someone near you right now, I'm going to ask you to place your hand on their shoulder. If you're together, place your hand together on each other and lift up your hand. I want you to put your hand on someone who's got their hand up. You say, you know what? I want to pray for them. Come on, we all love God. And right now, I just want you to begin to pray for them right now. Right where you're at, 
If you don't have a hand up or your hand's on the shoulder, I want you to pray for those hands who's all, who are up. And let's begin to pray for them right now. I want to hear you pray. Come on. Let's open up our mouth and pray for them. And God, it's our prayer today, and we thank you for it, Lord, that we are forgiven by you. That today, God, I just pray God's forgiveness over people right now. That if they've been struggling in this area, it's been a a pattern of their life, I thank you, God, that by your power and by your spirit, we are forgiven and found anew in you. And I thank you today, God, you're giving us the strength. As we walk out of here today, we're drawing the line in the sand. We're going to speak well of people. We're going to lift people up with our words. We're going to lift people up with our thoughts. We're going to encourage people. And this fox of gossip that's been ruining lives, we thank you, God, it's being killed today. Being, it's leaving the vineyard of love and grace today. And so right now, God, give us the strength to do it. Encourage our spirit. And help us, God, to speak well. Help us, God, to speak encouragement. Help us to speak life because we know, God, you're a God who speaks. You're a God that declares we are sons and daughters of you, made in your image, that you love us and care for us. And so we thank you for it. We're better today for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.